0: I'm Jane Hubbard, here with another snippet. Martin Chalfie's been working with C. elegans since the 1970s, so he knows a lot of us worm people. With regard to the community, the C. elegans community has been a spectacular group. There are two people I think that deserve really special mention, and one of them is Bob Edgar, who had done spectacular work on phage, and then decided to spend some time in sabbatical with Sidney Brenner and learn about C. elegans. And he decided that there should be a newsletter, something that we call the Worm Breeders Gazette that was in existence for many, many years. And Bob wanted that specifically so that people would share their data and share their ideas before publication. The other person who really put his mark on the field was John Sulston. John had done a biological tour de force in being able to delineate the entire cell lineage of the worm. And he had done other wonderful experiments. So he was probably one of the best experimentalists I've ever met. And John decided in the sort of middle 1980s, that, or maybe even a little earlier than that, I think he finished the lineage in 1983, is that there needed to be someone to organize what became the C. elegans Genome Project. And he did it in a way so that everyone shared their data. You- keep your data to yourself, that was perfectly okay. But if you connected it up with what John was doing and he was doing no other work other than the analysis of the, at that time, the physical map of C. elegans, you were part of a much larger effort and everyone was helping other people. And there were collaborations that were set up. Uh, To give you one example, we were studying one of our, touch genes, uh, lacks a set of microtubules. And so we had always been interested in this. We had a lot of mutations that affected this gene that got rid of the microtubules. But when we initially did our experiments, we could not find a tubulin, microtubule protein, that was defective. And we were a little surprised at that. There's a technical reason why we couldn't find it. But as we were doing our genetic experiments and we had transposon mutations or transposons inserted into the genes, there had also been uh, some work by Joe Calati's group who had been looking specifically at the beta tubulins, And Joe Calati sent a clone of his beta tubulin to the group in Cambridge, England, that John Sulston and Alan Colson were in charge of, and they started to analyze it. And at the same time, Tom Blumenthal was working on a gene that was a gene needed for yolk protein. Well, it turns out that he had contacted Donna Albertson to see if she could figure out which chromosome his yolk protein gene was and she was able to do it she was doing some in situ hybridization now all of this doesn't look like it's connected but it's actually all connected because it turned out that the same clones that Joe Colardi's beta tubulin was on was where the yolk protein gene was which Donna had known was on the X chromosome in the middle and that was happened to be where our gene was as well and when we tested their gene in our system. Sure enough, with the transposon, it gave one size band. With the transposon gone, it gave a different size band. We were able to show that it was all together. All of this because everybody was part was of the story, and we all yeah. were talking to each other. So it it was a wonderful collaboration, and it was one of many. That happened as some people were cloning things, some people were doing genetics, and they were interacting. And I think, as I say, over all of this was John Sulston's motivation to get people to share data, that it made more sense to share data before publication than to keep it secret. And I think that's why the Genome Project itself went very quickly. John was very interested in being able to connect his physical map with the genetic map. And so if you cloned a gene and you said, oh, this piece of DNA is for this gene, and he was able to put it on his physical map, he would be able to tie the two together. So everybody benefited. And it was a really genius way of getting people to share data and to see the advantage of sharing it. And I think that was a wonderful tradition. Now, in any field, it starts off with only a few people, and they tend to talk a lot among themselves and to know one another. As the fields get larger and larger, it's a little harder to know who all the postdocs are or the graduate students or who's descended from who in in what field. And when you start to get hundreds and hundreds of people, it becomes harder. And this breaks down a little bit, but I think we've had a wonderful tradition that really helped the field. It's different now than it was several decades ago when we were all starting this, but I think it really helped. And it also, I have to say personally, motivated me to appreciate and to try to collect examples of where people can design experiments so that people collaborate. And I think there have been a number of examples where setting up collaborations have helped, but certainly it was my training in seal Against that started me in this way.